Hi guys, welcome back to Bookworm Jen, where we are going to continue the journey of Cinder, which is book one of the Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Myers. We're on chapter 35. Cinder looked up at the man, her link to the net database informing her that he was contouring royal advisor. Time? She said, turning back to Kai. Time for what? Kai stared at her, part apologetic, part afraid, her gut twisted. Time to seal the fate of the Eastern Commonwealth. No, she hissed. Kai, you can't. Your Majesty, said Contorn, still without thinking, meet Cinder's eyes. I've allowed you your freedom, but it is time to put an end to this. You are embarrassing yourself. Kai let his gaze fall before shutting his eyes all together. He rubbed his brow. Just a moment. I need a moment to think. We don't have a moment. We have been over this time and again. There's new information, said Kai, his tone harsh. Contorn's face darkened, and he, he cast a suspicious glare at Cinder. She shivered at the disapproving frown. For once, this was hatred directed at her, not because she was a cyborg, but because she was a normal girl, unworthy of the attention of the Emperor. For once, she couldn't disagree. If the understanding showed on her face, the advisor ignored it. Your Majesty, with all due respect, you no longer have the luxury of being a lovesick teenager. You have a duty to fulfill to your people now. Dropping his hand, Kai met Contorn's gaze, his eyes hollow. I know. He said, I will do what's best for them. Cinder gathered up the material of her skirt in both hands, hopes stirring inside of her. He understood her warning. He understood the mistake he would be making if he agreed to marry Lavana. She had seceded. But then he turned toward her, and the hope shattered at seeing the helplessness etched in deep lines across his brow. Thank you for warning me, Cinder. At least I won't be going into this blindly. She shook her head. Kai, you can't. I don't have a choice. She has an army that could destroy us, an antidote that we need. I have to take my chances. Cinder stumbled back as if his words had landed the blow that he had protected her from before. He was going to marry Queen Lavana. Queen Lavana would be Empress. I'm sorry, Cinder. He looked as crushed as Cinder felt, and yet, while her body became heavy and immovable, Kai somehow found the strength to turn away with his head, lifting and start and start walking toward the platform at the far end of the ballroom, where he would announce his decision to those who was gathered. She searched her brain for anything she could do to change his mind, but what else were there, was there? He knew Lavana would still start a war. He knew Lavana would probably try to kill him after the wedding. He probably knew about more cruel and evil deeds she committed than Cinder did, and none of it made a difference. Somehow he was still naive enough to think that more good than bad could come from the Union. He would not stop it from happening. The only other person who had the power to stop marriage alliance was the Queen herself. A fist clenched over Cinder's heart. Before she knew what she was doing, she was storming after Kai. She grabbed his elbow and spun him back around to face her. Without hesitating, Cinder wrapped her arms around his neck and kissed him. Kai froze, his body as tense as the androids against her. But his lips were soft and warm. Though Cinder had intended for it to be a short kiss, she found herself lingering. Hot tingles coursed through her body, surprising and scary but not unpleasant. Surging like electricity through her wires, this time they did not overwhelm her. This time they did not threaten to burn her from the inside out. The desperation melted and for the briefest of moments, the ulterior motive was gone. She had found herself kissing him 
for no other reason than she wanted to. She wanted him to know that she wanted to. She didn't realize how badly she wanted to kiss Kai. Her back kissed her back until it became quite clear that he wouldn't. Cinder pried herself away. Her hands lingered on his shoulders, still shaking from the raw energy inside of her. Kai gaped at her, lips left hanging open, and though Cinder's gut reaction was to back away and apologize profusely, she allowed it. She swallowed it down. Perhaps, she said, testing her voice before raising it loud enough that she was sure the crowd would hear. Perhaps the queen would not accept your proposal when she finds out you've already in love with me. Kai's eyebrows rose higher. Whoa. Beside him, the advisor took a hissing breath and a series of gasps and rustles passed through the crowd. It occurred to Cinder that the music had stopped again, and the musicians stood and tried to get a look at what was happening. A bust of jovial, tittering laughter split through the awkwardness. The sound, though filled with sweetness of a child's giggle, sent a chill down Cinder's spine. Pulling her hands away from Kai's neck, she slowly turned the crowd. Slowly turned. The crowd followed the noise as well, swelling and using like puppets on strings. And there was Queen Lavana. She was leaning against one of the columns that flanked the doorway to the gardens, holding a goblet of gold wine in one hand and pressing fingers of the other against her smiling red lips. Her figure was perfection. Her posture could not have been more poised had she been carved from the same stone as the pillar. She wore a royal blue dress that shimmered with what was probably diamonds, yet gave the very distinct impression of stars in an endless summer sky. The orange light blinked beside Cinder's vision, the queen's glimmer, the endless life. In addition to the queen, a lunar guard stood just within a doorway, stark red hair swept from his brow like a candle flame. A man and woman dressed in a distinctive uniform of the royal thermocarage also lingered nearby, awaiting their mistress's orders. Every one of them was starkly beautiful, and, unlike their queen, their beauty didn't seem to be an illusion. Cinder wondered if that was a requirement for serving the lunar throne, or if she just happened to be the only lunar in the galaxy who hadn't been born with brilliant eyes and flawless skin. How charmingly naive, said the queen, followed by another spell of laughter. You must misunderstand my culture, own Luna. We consider monogamy to be nothing more than a Archaic sentimentality. What do I care if my husband to be is in love with another? She paused, her dark eyes sweeping over Cinder's dress. Woman. Terror wrapped around Cinder's throat as the queen's eyes seemed to pierce right through her. The queen knew she was lunar. She could tell. What does it concern me? Continued Queen Lavana, her voice a sweet lullaby that sharpened with her next words is that it appears my brother has fallen in love with an insignificant shell. Am I mistaken? The thermotorologists nodded in agreement, their eyes fixed on Cinder. She certainly smells like one, said the woman. Cinder wrinkled her nose. According to Dr. Erling, she wasn't exactly actually a shell, and she wondered if the woman was making that insult up to mock her, or maybe she was smelling the gasoline fumes from the car. Suddenly, her net link recognized the woman, and Cinder forgot about the affront. She was the diplomat who had been in New Beijing for weeks, whose picture had been all over the news feeds, though she never paid her much attention. Sybil Maria, Maria, had thrown her tourage to Lunar Queen. Mistress Sybil, the girl who had said over the VCOM chip, this was the woman who had forced her to make the spy equipment, who had put the chip in the antsy. Cinder tried to relax, surprised that her control panel hadn't short-circuited with all the adrenaline coursing through her veins. 
what she wouldn't have given for a weapon, even a measly screwdriver to protect herself with. Anything other than this, a useless foot and slight silk gloves. Kaya Bane and Cinder, marching toward the queen. Your Majesty, I apologize for this disruption, he said. Cinder only catching his words as she adjusted her audio interface. But we need to not make a scene in front of my guests. The queen's charcoal eyes flashed with a warm ballroom light. It seems you're perfectly capable of making a scene without my help. She smiled, turned to a playful pout. Oh dear, it seems that I'm more hurt than I thought I was by your fickleness. I believe that was to be your personal guest tonight. Again, her eyes crossed Cinder's face. You can't think her prettier than me. She reached her fingernail out and traced it along Kai's jaw. My dear, are you blushing? Kai slapped Lavana's hand away, but before he could respond, he turned toward Cinder and her expression filled with disgust. What is your name, child? Cinder down a painful gulp, barely forcing her name from her throat. Cinder. Cinder. A condescending laugh. How fitting. Ashes, dirt, filth. That's enough, said Kai. But Lavana breezed past him, the sparkling dress swaying over her hips. She held her wine glass aloft, as if prepared to compliment the prince on such a pleasantary dinner party. Tell me, Cinder, she said, what a poor sapling earthling did you steal that name from? Cinder's hand went to her wrist and grabbed the silk gloves and flushed like a silver ID chip, barely sore from the small decision she made earlier. A weight shifted in the pit of her stomach. The queen sniffed. You shells, she said, her voice raising from, for the crowd. You think you're so clever. You stole a chip from a dead earthling's wrist, so you managed to slip into the government system? So you think you pass as human, that you can't exist here with any repercussions? You are fools. Cinder clenched her jaw. She wanted to explain that she had no memory of being anything but earthling, anything but cyborg. But who, but who would she be pleading her case to? Certainly not the queen. And Kai? Kai, who was tossing glances between her and the queen, trying to fit the puzzle pieces of, of Lavana's words together in his head? The queen turned back to the emperor, not only harboring lunars, but also cavorting with them. I'm disappointed in you, your majesty. She clicked her tongue. The fact that this girl lives within your borders proves that you are in violation of the interplanetary agreement. I take the blind disregard of such a statute quite Quite seriously, Emperor Cato. In fact, it could be warned a call to war. I insist this chair to be taken into captivity and returned to Luna immediately. Jason? A second Lunagar stepped out of the crowd, equally handsome to the others, with long blonde hair and serious ice blue eyes. Without warning, he grasped Cinder's wrist, pinning them behind her. She gasped, her gaze flying wildly toward the audience, gathered audience as alarm cries rippled through it. Stop. Kai rushed towards Cinder and grabbed her elbow. He tugged her toward him and, he, and she stumbled, but the guard did not loosen his grip. The guard pulled Cinder back and her arm made a slip, slippery by the silk gloves was torn by Kai's grasp. She found herself plastered against the lunar. His chest was solid behind her and a faint hum buzzed in her head like static electricity in her hair. Magic, she realized. By electricity humming inside him. Could everyone hear it if from so close, or is this another sign of her awakening gift? Let her go, Kai said, appealing to the queen. 
This is absurd. She isn't a fugitive. She isn't even lunar. She's just a mechanic. Lavana quirked one slender elbow, eyebrow. Her slender, her glittering eyes suppressed Kai. Start staring into cinders with a gaze, both beautiful and cruel. Warmth was building in cinders' spine, steady and growing hot. She filled a meltdown. The pain would come, and she would collapse and be useless. Well, cinder, said Queen Lavana, swirling the pale wine. It seems you've been keeping secrets from your royal superiors. Do you wish to refute my claim? Kai turned to her, and she could sense his desperation, even if she could not look at him. She focused only on the queen, her jaw aching with hatred. She was glad that no tears would betray her humiliation, glad that no blood in her cheeks would betray her anger, glad that her hateful cyborg body was good for one thing, and she clutched into the shredded dignity she leveled her glare at the queen. Her retina display began to panic, noting her increased levels of adrenaline, her pulse racing. Warnings were flashing before her, but she ignored them, surprisingly calm. If, it had, if I had not been brought to earth, she said, I would be a slave under your rule. I would not apologize for escaping. In the corner of her gaze, she saw Kai's face fall, eyes widened as the truth became undeniable. He had been courting a lunar. A cry rang out from the trembling crowd. Around the gasp, a soft thread, Adrian had fainted. Gulping, Cinder squared her shoulders. I want no apologies, said Lavana, flashing a wicked smile. I only want to see the wrongs of your life righted, swiftly and surely. You want to see me dead. How bright she is. Yes, I do. And not just you, but all those like you. You shells are a threat to society, a danger to our ideal culture. Because she can't brainwash us into worshipping you like everyone else. The queen lips tightened, hardening the plot like plaster on her voice. Her voice fell, chilling the room. A sudden burst of rain behind her shook the windows. It's not only for my people, but all earthlings as well. You shells are a plague. She paused, and a lightness returning to her eyes as she might laugh. Quite literally, it seems. My queen, said a dark-haired woman, refers to your so-called blue fever that has wreaked such havoc on your citizens. And of course, your own royal family. May Emperor Riken rest in. What does this have to do with anything? said Kai. The woman tucked her hands into the bell-shaped sleeves of her ivory coat. Hadn't your brilliant scientist drawn the conclusion yet? Many ungifted lunars are carriers of ludimosis. They brought it to Earth. They continue to spread it without concern. It seems for the lives they are taking. Cinder shook her head. No, she said. Kai turned to her, unconsciously taking a step away. She shook her head more harshly. They don't know what they're doing in. How could they? And of course the scientists have figured it out. And what can they do other than try to find a cure? The queen laughed sharply. Ignorant since you're at the fence. How trite. You must see the truth. The fact that you should be dead. It would be so much better for everyone if you were. And for the record, says Cinder, her voice rather, I'm not a shell. The queen smirked, unconvenient. That's enough, said Kai. I don't care where she was born. Cinder is a citizen of the Commonwealth. I will not have her arrested. Lavana did not take her gaze from Cinder. Harboring a fugitive is ground for war, young emperor. You know this. Cinder's visibility deemed as her retina cascaded to a nonsensical diagram of her eyesight. She slumped her eyes shut, cursing. Now was not the time for a brain malfunction. But perhaps, 
said the queen. We can reach some sort of compromise. Cinder opened her eyes. The darkened film remained, but the muddled diagram was gone. She focused on the queen just in time to see a cruel tilt of her lips. This girl seems to think you love her, and here is your chance to prove it. She cortitiously dipped her lashes. So tell me, your majesty, what are you prepared to bargain for her?